want to welcome you to this week's podcast of Live Transformed. I'm Bob Meissner. And I'm Audrey. And we're so thankful for hey. you, our listener. I love that you're investing in your life and wanting to really experience paradise here on mm-hmm. earth, to have heaven. And a lot of that is what we're going to be talking today about the secrets of Good. creation. So before we invite Jim... Uh, into the conversation, we just want to let you know of some new things we've been working on. And most particularly, we're pretty excited about this next one because on May 23rd, it's a Tuesday coming up, we're going to have our webinar, which is our relationship workshop that you can join us online. Yes. So this is our first and it will actually be a series of three. And so this first one is entitled Elevate Your Relationships. What we want you to do is to achieve a greater understanding of yourself so you can better understand others. Concept. In the way of communication. Exactly. What a concept. Do you think that you can actually understand yourself and understand others? We're going to actually teach you and describe the four communication goals that you are one of them. You're going to find out your, mm-hmm. your personal goal that you have. Every time you open your mouth, you're trying to get something or give something. Yeah. And you'll find out what yours personally is. And we're going to develop an application plan where you're going to love your relationships more. Exactly. And with that, you will also expose the pitfalls, you know, that we all experience when we disconnect. Mm -hmm. And we want you to really connect with one another and be able to enjoy life and to thrive in your relationships once again. And not just, this isn't just for spouses. This is Mm. relationships with your kids, your parents, the people you work with. This is all relationships. So every one of you- great parenting skill. Yeah, so this applies to you. Now listen, on May 23rd at 2 p.m. Eastern, if you can't make it to our live where we're going to be taking questions and just having a great time on video together, if you can't make it to that, um, if you sign up and register, and it's free, just register and it's free, then you will receive a link where you can watch it later at your convenience. Exactly. As well, we are offering a free ebook that will go along with this three um, webinar series. And what we're going to do is we're going to do one each month. So this will be our first one, May yeah. 23rd. We just wanted to let PM. you know. Visit Bob and Audrey. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-Audrey.com. Make sure that you register so that you get the links. We'd love for you to be a part of the live broadcast because we will have a Q&A at the end and you can be a part of that conversation. And discovering your personal communication goal. Okay, we have Dr. Jim Richards with us, and you know that we ended last week on a bit of a cliffhanger, but we're talking today about creation, the secrets of creation, and the fact that if unless we interrupt the natural processes that God has placed on this earth when he first created it, everything will bring us to recovery. So Dr. Jim Richards is yeah. on with us. And as well, Woo-hoo. I think he's having a birthday. Woo! Well, you know, I, th- I think I think uh, when you reach my age, I think I think the the gift is dirt because because <laughs> I think I think I'm almost as old as dirt now. Oh come on, you look good. <laughs> Just for those of you who are new, Jim Richards is uh, president founder of Impact Ministries, and he's been doing this for over 45 years. And what he has really taught Bob and I is just the importance of heart transformation instead of just behavior modification. And we've really embraced that there are no limits because of what Jesus has done. So we want to um, bring that on to our topic today, which is uh, talking about the secrets of creation. Mm -hmm. And we left two weeks ago with a bit of a cliffhanger talking about absolutes. And how that affects our 
evolving, emerging culture. So maybe we can start with some of your thoughts. I was trying to be careful with my words there. You know, you know, I can remember um, in school, even back when I was in school, where the concepts of relativity began to be introduced in moral and ethical situations. I mean, that, that's, that's how long we've been programmed to uh, break free from, from any absolutes. Hmm. And, you know, I, I can remember one of the first, uh, first uh, things I ever heard um, was in, in school an example being used of, okay, you know, there, there, it's like there's, there's three men in a boat, and uh, there's, there's only going to be enough food for two people to live. So who do you throw overboard? <laughs> and so, you know, and of course, you know, number one, the assumption is there that you're going to throw somebody overboard. Uh, but then you're having to place a value on the, the people there to decide who is worth more. And, and those types of, of illustrations have been given and used to, to get people to move in this concept that everything everything is relative so there there are no absolutes and of course this is designed to undermine our capacity for faith and where we are seeing this now in the church world and I know you guys are too is that uh, you know now there's this concept that the word of God is is evolving mm-hmm. and so it doesn't really it's not really relevant for today and so we, you know, so we either start picking and choosing the parts that we believe and getting rid of the parts we don't believe, or just picking the parts that we don't think are relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Are you guys? I mean, you it's, guys are seeing that. Yeah, oh, it's we the are. whole concept of, of evolving truth, but it happens, yeah. you know, within the church as well as outside. You exactly. know, even with you know science today, you know, they they speak about it as evolving truth, and uh, and then you have. Uh, people that are self-appointed, I would call them self-appointed scholars, that like to think themselves, hey, I'm just, you know, coming up and experiencing an, uh, an, an evolving or an ever revelation, a new truth that is happening. And wow, yeah. is it ever bringing a lot of confusion, you know, and pain into people's lives. You know, you know, one of the big justifications out there today on on evolving truth or that sort of thing is is in the area of morality. You know, there's uh, uh, wh- what has happened within the church. It's sort of like what the medical community does. You know, if you got your thyroid checked twenty years ago and you had a particular number, you know, indicating your the activity of your thyroid, they might have told you twenty years ago that. Um, that it was um, it was deficient. You needed to increase your iodine, or you might need to take some type, type of thyroid medication. And then you could go back today, twenty years later, and have those same numbers. And they might tell you that you're fine. Hmm. And you're like, what, "Well, what do you mean I'm fine? Because you told me twenty years ago that." And what they do is they establish the norms, what they're going to consider to be normal readings, you know, uh, blood sugar readings have changed over the last 10 or 20 years, uh, thyroid readings or, or evaluations. And so what they do is they say, okay, what are the averages of, of people that are, you know, walking through the doors of, of hospitals and doctor's offices? What is the average thyroid reading and or measurement? And so because the average changes, 
then they come up with a new establishment for normal. So over the last 20 years, normal blood pressure has changed. Normal thyroid has changed. Normal glucose levels have changed. So you're saying that it doesn't have to do really with how the body was designed and how it functions best, but they're taking it kind of on a bell curve and and they're just normalizing it out? Yeah, so if you went to the doctor, say, 20 years ago, and you got a, you got a certain uh, a measurement in one of these areas, they might have treated you and started, you know, started trying to help you. But if you went today, they would say, well, it's all in your mind. And you're like, well, no, my, these are the same numbers that they were. Yeah, but that's not, we don't consider that normal anymore. And so you see what I'm saying? That their 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 willingness to help people and the way they diagnose is based on what average is. Well, the problem is that's exactly what's happening in the church. Yes, yes. There's a, there's this concept of if everybody's doing this, then this is the new normal. So we can't call this sin anymore. And you know the moment you the moment you start talking about sin, people just freak out because all they have is the religious definitions and concepts of sin. Mm-hmm. And instead of you know we we've talked about this a lot. You know there's there's I don't remember now seven or eight eight or nine Greek words for right. sin. Yes. They all mean something totally different. Mm-hmm. But the all of them come together under one concept, and that concept is is to to. Uh, fall short of the glory of God. Now, the way we have used the definitions of sin over the years is we've said it's missing the mark, or we've just said it's falling short. And so we, we've left out half of the, uh, of the meaning, and so we've lost what it's about. Because it's, it's not just missing the mark and being wrong, it's missing the mark of the prize or of the goal. It's not just yes. that you fall short and you're deficient. You've fallen short of God's view and opinion And that of you. very little, minute change that you just made actually changes the entire meaning. <laughs> yeah. Because it's one thing, as soon as you say you just missed the mark, well, that can lead into tons of self-judgment and just a oh, bunch yeah. of condemnation. Seriously, it does. But then if you've missed the mark of the prize, that's just say, that's like me telling my kid, hey, I get that you want to do this, but if you really want this kind of life, do it this way. And they're going, oh, okay, that makes sense. I mean, when we tell Robert about rules, he says, mom, I'm fine to follow rules as long as they make sense. But if they don't make sense to me, I'm going to really struggle with what you're asking to me. Well, that's just human nature. But if you tell someone don't sin, they'll go, oh, okay, whatever. But if you say, this is what you're missing when you sin. Yeah. And and see, that's the point. You know, people uh, uh, in trying to understand the love of God, People have to become, have to create uh, a progressive gospel. They have to create a progress, a progression of truth, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, because because they don't understand the love of God. So so they they have to start coming up with the, all of these variables and new norms and new averages. So you know, some somebody might say, well, you know, God loves me. So what difference does it make if I sin? Well, because God has this quality of life for you. That's that's. I mean, it says that Jesus came, you know, to give us life abundantly. That's the Greek word zoe, which means the quality of life possessed by the one who gives it. So, so God is saying, I want you to have my quality yes. of life. And and so when you think this way, when you believe this way. When you treat people this way, when you violate your conscience, when you do these things, the problem is in your own heart, it diminishes you being able to see yourself 
the way I see you. It diminishes you being able it's sort of like walking up to a mansion and there's a tent in the front yard and it's pouring down rain and cold and you see the tent and you duck into the tent to get out of the rain, but you're still cold and wet. And the truth is you could have walked into the mansion. Wow. What an amazing analogy. And and so, we, you know, we run into there maybe because we're afraid they won't let us in the mansion. I mean, who, you know, who knows? It doesn't matter what the reasons are, but that's what it's like to fall short of God's glory, the God's view, God's opinion, God's reality for you. Wow. So, so what, and, you know, uh, I actually intended to release this blog last week, but I'll actually be releasing this along with a you know a good bit of writing about it. But you know, one of the things that Jesus never said—that's going to be the title of the blog. Mm-hmm. One thing that Jesus never said. He never said, uh, "Just stay in sin because it doesn't matter. God loves you." Mm-hmm. He never said that. Now, see, we've got this idea because we've got a religious concept of sin which is, you know, I'm going to make God mad at me, or no, all this kind of stuff. Because we've got a religious concept of sin, then, then we, we fail to understand that, that God keeping us out of these things is just, is just God protecting us and trying to bring us into the very best that he has given us through the Lord Jesus, really the very best of just who he yes. is, his own, his own character and nature. And, you know, the Apostle Paul more than once reminded people, particularly in the book of Romans, he reminded people, uh, look, just because we're under grace, does that mean we should continue in sin? God forbid. And he warns them that the, see, when he said the wages of sin are death and the gift of God's eternal life, we try to apply that as something that should be spoken to lost people. Paul was saying that to Christians. He was saying sin still kills you and it won't be god killing you it'll be you killing yourself and so if we reject the absolutes of god's word then you know then we fall into that category and i don't remember the scripture in proverbs but but in proverbs it says this it says he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide ah okay and so when when we're not trusting God's guidance, then what's going to happen is we're going to trust our own Mm -hmm. and we're going to run into that tent thinking that in that tent that we're safe. But we don't realize that maybe a tornado is coming. We don't realize that, you know, that we can get pneumonia out there in that tent. We don't realize that we're still exposed, you know, that we're still going to be exposed to the elements. We just think, well, this this looks like safety to Mm -hmm. me. And so it's never about God just trying to make you do the right thing. It's always about God trying to help you enjoy and experience the best thing. Mm. The the thought pattern in many people's mind tends to be, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Why wouldn't God be happy, you know, with, with the choices that I'm making and the lifestyles that I'm <clears throat> choosing? You know, if if because if it is a love thing and I I'm good with what I'm doing, then why wouldn't God be okay with it? 
Are you talking about whether someone is actually compromising in yeah, the areas I'm, of sin yeah, and morality? Yeah, because we're talking and... about, you know, an evolving truth with regards to, you know, morality okay, and other Okay, so say things. I'm living with my girlfriend. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting drunk sometimes. I mean, I'm just, ta- I'm just trying to throw things mm-hmm. out there that are, to be honest, kind of becoming the average or the normal, even yep. in our church culture. It's, it's the new it's norm. It's the new yeah. normal right. for it's, our church mm-hmm. culture. And so, um, so, yeah, so you're saying I'm happy with this. Why wouldn't God be happy with me? Okay. Well, that's sort of like, you know, I've traveled all over the world, and, and man, I, ha- I have been in some impoverished places. That would be sort of like me going to some place. I- I'm-, I'm thinking about a-, a family one time that, 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 that I led to the Lord in another country, and they were living in a drainage ditch, mm-hmm. a drainage pipe. And, and they were, you know, they were in, in, in dire poverty. And uh, I won't tell the whole story. They they actually came out, ended up in a house after a few years. They got saved and just started making this journey. But, but it would be sort of like going. To, uh, the first thing that happened to them after they got saved was was uh, they got a chicken. So now these people had eggs. Now after after a little while, they got a goat. So then they had eggs and a goat. Now just imagine. If these, if if I, if these people who have been in desperate starvation for years and years and years, just barely eating grub worms or something, now they're they got they're eating eggs every day and they're drinking goat's milk, and they're saying, "Man, life has never been this good." But I'm coming from America, which be the equivalent of paradise, right, you know, totally. where, where God comes from. And they're trying to tell me that life is great, and it is based on their experience and their comprehension of, of mm-hmm. life. But I'm there going, you know what? I really want to take you to a, to a quality of life. And I start trying to describe to them what we have in America. It is beyond their comprehension. And that's the way the person is because of the condition of their heart, really because of hardness of heart. See, your heart is what affects your capacity to understand. And so, and so you start trying to talk to a person that has settled. Their norm today is better than their higher standard than their norm was a few years ago. And uh, that person really can't comprehend what God has to offer because they've never experienced it. They've never tasted it for themselves. And so if, if they don't trust the absolutes of God's word, which I want to get into that in creation and talk mm-hmm, about that, mm-hmm. if they don't trust the absolutes of God's word, then they have nothing to even give them the hope of having a better life. It's, it, it makes no sense to them that it could be better than it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest inv- invitation, even challenge that we have, you know, in sharing the life and the love of God. And it's, it's not necessarily... Because what we don't want to do is just um, exchange another one set of rules for a new set of rules. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a quality of life, and it's and it's really experiencing, you know, the life of the life of God, the Zoe of God that that uh, Jim you so you know great uh, greatly share with us. So let's talk about you know the, um, the we're talking about creation, and we're talking about the the truth there, but that but the um, the absolute confidence that we can have in the right. Word of God. Well, you, you know, the thing is, uh, the Bible intimately connects our faith to our belief in creation. Mm-hmm. And I would venture to say that in the last 45 years, 
I probably, probably maybe one or two out of ten Christians I ever meet actually believe the literal Genesis account of creation. Hmm. And but they don't see that as being something that matters because in their mind they don't they don't make the connection between you know, what does that got to do with right. me and my relationship with God. So in creation, stop and think about this. Our you know, golly, religion has messed us up so bad. It's almost like we're speaking a different language. You know, it's it's hard to find a starting place to unravel where people have been tied up in this stuff. But 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 stop and think about this. Uh, we were taught to pray, for example, by Jesus. Your 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 kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. So we are told by our Lord, by our Master, by our Teacher, by our Savior. We are taught that we should seek the quality of life here on earth as exists in heaven. Yet, the average Christian is always saying, well, I just don't, you know, I don't know if God wants this to be good for me. I don't, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I can have that. I don't know if it's his will mm-hmm. for me to get healed. Right. I don't know if it's his will for me to, you know, to be blessed. And so, and so I always tell people this, there's only... Two times in the entire Bible that we actually see God's will done. Well, actually, actually three times. The first two are closely linked. There's three times in the entire Bible where we see God's will expressed perfectly and not messed up by the human race. <laughs> you know, yeah. number one is in creation. Mm-hmm. In general, and, and we'll, that's where we want to get to today. Number two is is in the Garden of Eden. And then number three in Revelation 21, when the new heaven and new earth comes here. And you find common denominators in all of those factors. Number one, like I say, you see God acting, expressing his true nature, his true character, independent of man doing anything to deserve it, you know, convincing God to do it. So what God did in those three places, in in the creation of the universe, in the Garden of Eden, and, and in New Jerusalem, this is God's will perfectly expressed. Now, in none of those is there sickness. In none of those is there disease. In none of those is there poverty. In none of those is there fear, shame, you know, any of the destructive elements of life. So Jesus said that if I'm, if I'm going to establish a kingdom in my life, which is my job to establish a kingdom, not, not God's job. If I'm going to establish the kingdom in my life, that should be my goal my objective. That should be my standard. That should be my norm, not what everybody else is doing. Yes. I, 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 and I, this has become so alive to me as I've just been soaking up Colossians 3, you know, because to me, that's just one of the places. It, so many places in the Bible, it really, the entire scriptures back down to this, back this all up. But for me, Colossians 3 just says it black and white. You know, your real yep. life, sure, this is your visible life, but your real life is hidden with God and yep. Christ. Don't think about earthly things. Think about heavenly things. That's your real, true, 
Holy Spirit mm-hmm. life that you are yeah. raised to. It actually has the word raised. You are raised yep. to this new life in Christ. And we are living this parallel realities, if you want to say it that way. And I get right. to, to choose, am I going to live the heavenly life today? Or do I want to choose this earthly life where things are decaying and there's death and there's all that stuff? Because I really do have the choice every day, which I want to live. Every day. And, and, I, and I, I love that choice that, that God gives us, but it's for everyone. You, everybody gets that choice. Yep. To be raised to that new life with Christ, and, and so you know when yeah, exactly, and, and that's again that's a whole concept that people can get. It's amazing that that scientists now are talking uh, factually uh, as if it was factually about parallel universes. Mm-hmm. You know, people are willing to believe that aliens came and and created yeah. the human. It's a, it's amazing what people are willing to believe. Mm-hmm. But scientifically, now that science is catching up with the Bible, scientifically, we have more concrete evidence that the creation account of uh, uh, the Genesis account of creation is is not only accurate, not only did God create the world in six 24 hour days, but he he created in the exact sequence that the book of Genesis describes. You know, in my chapter on false science in my apocalypse book, you know, I, I talk about how false science has been brought to us to distort this truth of God's creation. Because, stop and think about it, the moment you choose not to believe, or and you know what most people do, they don't, they don't say, okay, I'm not going to believe God. They're going to say, well, maybe this is just metaphoric. Maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe uh, uh, this is just kind of a storybook version of what God did, because after all, those people were so ignorant, God couldn't explain things to them and or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whether you reject it or whether you water it down, it still comes down to iniquity, by the way. Mm-hmm. It still comes down to the twisting and or rejecting of God's word. Mm-hmm. But now stop and think about this. The moment you do that, what? does that do when your life is on the line or your child's life is on the line and it all comes back to what do I believe about God and his word? How much confidence you going to have? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been there. Y'all parents, y'all raised kids. You've been there. Yeah. Oh, I'm, and I'm even going back to my childhood and the supremacy of, of the word of God and how, how that was such a big part of, of my life as a young boy, you know, from, from Sunday school to vacation Bible school, all the way through my my uh, education in Bible college, you know, just the supremacy of the Word of God, and that is, you know, wh- that is what is being challenged, you know, mm-hmm. today, um, and yeah. now it is now it's a more a book of suggestion, you know, rather than a book of absolutes, and and it is. I, I, we see it in our governments. We see it in our in our in our laws in our society. I mean, they're taking it out, and and it it's affecting every every aspect of life. And even what you're saying right now, some a lot of people would hear what you just said and said you're being very narrow in your thinking. I'm just I'm just saying I that know. this is and, no, and, I and I never thought that I would live in a day 
uh, where I would feel like, okay, now I can see how the persecutions of Christians could happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be scare right. tactic or anything, but before I would read no. that and say, oh yeah, maybe one day. But now I'm like, oh boy, like being a Christian is well, not a good thing right this second. Well, well, when you when you consider that right now in the Middle East, over ninety thousand Christians have been killed by Islam. Wow. Just a, just in the last few years. Wow. Maybe even the last year. Yeah. Of course, we're not hearing about that. But but the whole world system wants to do away with any knowledge of God. And the world system is is the governments and the false religion. It all They're all the same thing. And as soon as we start talking about absolutes or believing this or mentioning this, we get put in that box, so to speak, that we are unloving, we are narrow, we're not inclusive, all of these these things. And uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm kind of getting away from the secrets of creation. I'm sorry. But right. so go ahead, Jim. But but it does end up there. That, that is that is the fruit of it. Once you start twisting, denying, watering down any part of the word of God, then then you have now made yourself your own God and you have made your truth your own truth. And so that's why in the book of Romans, Paul said, let God be true and every man a liar. You know, the point of that wasn't that, uh, okay, all people are liars because all people are sinners. No, the point of that is God's opinion is the only one that's real. Mm -hmm. His opinion is the only one that's absolute. And so in creation, we get to see the preemptive, proactive love of God in the way God created the world. You know, know, uh, everything in this world is designed Unless we interrupt the flow, the natural flow of how things work, which we did, you know, when man brought sin in the world, that was the first major disruption. But still, by and large, everything in earth is designed to heal, to recover, to restore man back to optimal health. Yeah. There was a, um, a statement that you made maybe the last podcast or before, and it with with regards to creation, and I've just mulled this one over and over in my mind again and again, and that was the motiv- the motivation of God's heart in creation. And and you said we weren't there praying it in or asking it in or you know right. calling it forward. Yeah, you know, that's true. None of yeah. that, but it was His pure motivation of love mm-hmm. in every detail. You know, that it would all work together in harmony long before I ever came along. And, yeah. and then, and then he, puts he, and he into placed this, me in. He puts me into this beautiful place. Right. That is That unless we, it's pre-programmed to contribute to life. So unless we interrupt the natural processes, mm-hmm. yeah. um, everything will bring us to recovery. Yeah. yeah. You know, people don't understand that, that you know, all of the, the phenomenons of earthquakes, famines, and all of these things that, that Jesus talked about that would begin in the that would start taking place at a greater frequency mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning of sorrows. Here's something people don't understand: all of those are man-made. You know, the reason we have a, an increase in earthquakes is because of the increase of building these dams and these super dams. We we now know that everywhere that they build a dam starts having earthquakes or tremors on, on mm. some level. And we know that the most devastating earthquakes in the world have been in China and I think in India uh, uh, around the largest dams that have ever been built. Mm. The earth cannot sustain that that collection because of water. Because you are literally breaking the flow. 
when if you want if you exactly. want to say it like that you're literally Absolutely. breaking the flow which is metaphorically everything that God says. I've got this flow going. I've got this. But man comes in. And, you know, just this morning on my walk, I was meditating on Jeremiah 17. Like, what is mere humans that we think that we can, you know, in our own strength, and our own ideas, and our own creativity, creativity <laughs> make this thing better when, you know, that really is, that's yeah. actually hardening our hearts towards God and turning our hearts away from God's ways. Yeah. As if we, if we discover and believe how God created the earth. If we discover and believe how God created man, you know, th- th- then we have, it, it, it's not that we have a list of rules, it's now we understand how we can function yes. optimally yes. in this environment. Yes. how we can flow. And how in our families, how in our relationships, mm-hmm. how in every aspect of life, we can have the greatest quality of life possible, even after man has messed it up as bad he is, we can still have this incredible quality of life uh, that starts internally and it, it, is, it is manifest externally on, on some levels. But but the point in all, all of that, again, is just realizing that creation is the first place where we start seeing the love of God. You know, you know I think we talked about this. Or, uh, if, we didn't, if we didn't end the podcast, we've talked about it one-on-one. You know, many, how many times in the book of Genesis does it talk about the, like, like in creation, the earth bringing forth life of itself? You know, there were, there were once God set all this into motion— the earth itself and everything in it was designed to bring forth aspects of life. Now, it couldn't bring forth uh, human life. And, you know, we know the simplest forms of, of, the, of single cell life just happen because that's the way the earth works. And, and you, you say we're in this environment that is programmed so that we should heal. And, you know, I, I, again, we talked about this. I don't know if we got on the podcast. I don't remember when we talked about it. But, you know, there were some scientists that started testing, and, and they put poisonous snakes in a hyperbolic chamber, uh, creating the environment that is near as we can calculate scientifically would have been the exact environment as, as the Garden of Eden. And in that environment, after snakes being in there just a few days— they were no longer poisonous. Huh. In that in, in that environment, and they did tests, you know, where they would, you would cut themselves or wound themselves and go into that environment. And there was super rapid healing when you were in that environment that was more closely what it was when God created it. So in, in, in creation, more than we can ever imagine at this point, there are Whoa. all kinds of things that are that are explicit expressions of God's proactive love taking place. And I, and I love what you guys said a few minutes ago. It's, it's, it's like God created the perfect place for healing, for life, for everything. And until it was, until everything for a great life was in place, he, he waited so that when he put man here, when he put the human race here, man had perfection. Now, he messed it up, but he had perfection. Mm. You know, I had not heard that snake analogy before. That one kind of is a mind bender for me to think, because we just assume, I assume, I'm going to say me, I assume that the world was a lot like it is now with the Garden of Eden. I know it sounds stupid. I just never have taken mind to really think about it. 
that things were right. so, so completely a different world in the Garden of Eden. Well, there was no, there was no death. There was no so death. Were, yeah, so if there was no death, there were no poison. Disease no could not animals. survive. Yeah. Poison could not right. survive. Mm-hmm. And but but just about ten minutes ago, we said, but we have the invitation to live in the Garden of Eden, so to speak, access. But I guess we're stuck in our world, so I guess we can't live in the Garden well, of Eden. We're stuck in our world, but internally, okay, we we can we can be in paradise right now. You know, you know, uh, the, the Hebrews gave gave great heed to numerology. Mm-hmm. And not not occult numerology, but that you know the the Hebrew alphabet. Each letter is a number, and so they they did extensive n- numerical comparison of words. And in part of the way they look at the Bible, uh, uh, there's this understanding that if two words or more words, words that have similar numeric values, all correlate something one to to the other. And uh, uh, the word heaven. And the word mind, as in the way we think, are have the same numeric value. Really? And so 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 from that, they would say, so so heaven begins here in the way we think, the way our attitudes are, how how we're looking at life. Wow. I had never heard that before either. A whole bunch of new information. It must be your birthday week. You must be just full Woo-hoo! full of this new stuff, man, that I haven't heard. Yes, you know, just the other day, somebody told me I was full of something. But I can't really remember what I can't remember what they said it was. <laughs> You're full of life and wisdom, man. That's what I say. Oh, oh, that's probably what it was. Yeah, <laughs> life and wisdom and goodness and instruction and counsel. Uh, Jim, for for us listeners today, and as we hear this. Where then is kind of the take home for me? You know, I, I, I have my day-to-day life. I've got my job. I've got my family. I've got my kids. You know, I've got my years that I'll live here on earth. And, and we are so far removed, you know, from creation. We're so far removed from, you know, those events and from, you know, paradise uh, here on earth. And so as, I, as, I'm, as I'm hearing this, then... How how should I, you know, approach my day or even approach, you know, reading the word of God, you know, possibly differently, you know, as yep. as I, you know, kind of uh, re- take a recheck, you know, just kind of check and say, wow, you know, I'm going to take another look at, at the Genesis account, you know, in a whole new light. I'm going to take a look at it in a whole new way. And, and I want to begin to apply you know, his truth and his reality, you know, for me in this place. In 2017. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think is beneficial to point out in answering that question is, first of all, see, we have been taught that God cursed the world after man sinned. But what it actually says in the Hebrew, it says, because of you, the world is cursed. It doesn't say that God cursed the world. Now, we may translate it that way in the King James or other English Bibles. See, and since God had given authority of planet Earth to man, then only man could determine how Earth would change. So the minute man brought sin into the world, something happened. And we know scientifically that because we're in interplay with, with the world, with creation, that the world is transforming into our perception. 
So when man became fearful, he, he, he began a transformation process that changed the entire world. Mm. And so when, when I look at that, and, and, and you know, I, then I jump forward and, and, and see where Paul warned that the wages of sin is death. Then I realize that I have the ability in the what I believe, which drives the way I make choices. And no matter what you say, the choices we're making are based on what we actually believe. Absolutely. There, there is no, there's no biblical concept of the fact that you believe something, but you're making different choices mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what you believe. So uh, that's just nonsense. Yes. So, so I realize that in every single situation, I have the capacity to choose whether or not I'm going to bring the curse into my life today or whether I'm going to live in paradise today. And, you know, ultimately, it's not, you know, it's not, I don't have to know all of the theological ins and outs to get this right, because ultimately, it's about walking in love. Mm -hmm. And because no matter what I apply from the Word of God, am I applying it from love? And and love, first of all, let, let me just say this. Uh, well, I tell you what, we'll get into it next week. Okay. Let, let's talk about let's talk about walking in God's love or bringing paradise to our to our world, recreating paradise in our world every day. That's where we'll go okay, next week. Okay, good. You, you like I, that? I really do. Let's do that next week, and um, I really appreciate that because no, that is suffi- practical. Yeah, but suffice it to say, I if I believe what God said about creation, if I believe what God said about the creation of man then I know that I have authority over me and my realm, mm-hmm. and I can bring to this realm whatever I want yes. every single day, I, at least internally. You know, there may be people out there that will bring something I don't want, but I'm not going to bring what I don't want. And even in those situations, I'm probably going to make it better. And I want to encourage you as our listener that you have the choice to invest in this very thing that we're talking about. You get to choose how you're going to think, what you're going to meditate on, what you're going to fill your mind with. What you're, I mean, even the fact that you're listening to this podcast tells me that you already do that. But I'll tell you what, God, because of who he is and his love for you, lifts you out of the place of trouble which is it, which yep. could be uh, an example of that, just living on this earth. He takes you out and he lifts you up high with your head above all your troubles. And any situation that rises against you will be detoured far away from you before it even comes near you because yep. that's the kind of protection that we have because Jehovah just isn't holding our shield. He is our shield. And you are protected right. and you are extremely loved. Yeah. No need to live in fear. No. Yeah, yep. and and you know, as you were saying there, you know, man became extremely fearful, and that's what changed. Everything. And that's yeah, exactly. That's what changed. Ooh, I am everything. already looking forward to next week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really am. Wow. Good, Jim. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. <laughs> we love you so. We much. love you. On behalf of all the listeners, we love yes, you. Yes. And I just want to encourage you guys also that Bob and I are world changers. We donate to Impact Ministries because mm-hmm. our life has changed because of what Jim teaches us. I encourage all of you to the, yeah. do the same. Go there and donate to that ministry. Absolutely. And you can find that at livetransform.com. All of the links are there as well. Jim has referred uh, to his, uh, I believe it's your most recent book. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Right. A Spiritual mm-hmm. Guide to the Incredible. Second Coming. Uh, it's a textbook. And I would encourage all of you to get your copy of that. And we'll see you next week right here on Live Transform. Thanks, Jim. Hey, y'all have a great week. You're welcome.